Thank you for plugging into this Family Life News podcast, streaming issues-driven, family-focused news. And welcome back to another edition of Capital Connection. Fridays during the noon report, we give you direct connection to what's happening in Albany and Harrisburg with the experts on the issues at the state capitals. They are, as always, Jason McGuire with New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms and Michael Gear at the Pennsylvania Family Institute. Well, gentlemen, start your engines. We've got a lot of places to go in just 10 minutes to do it. Jason, I'll begin with you in that $227 billion state budget. It is due in less than a month. What, if anything, is holding it up? Well, you know, listeners will be interested to know that just this week, uh, Governor Hochul has appointed a new budget commissioner. Uh, this is a person who has served in that role under Governor David Patterson. Governor Andrew Cuomo took a leave, uh, has been gone for a number of years, and now is back. And it was interesting that in the last week of February, we now have a budget director, and maybe things will begin to move uh, towards getting uh, that 227, and I predict it will grow, mm-hmm. billion-dollar budget. Well, history made in the Pennsylvania House this week, Michael, for the first time ever. And, and it's going back a ways, 250 years or so. Uh, there is a female Speaker of the House, Philadelphia Democrat Joanne McClinton. Your thoughts on her speakership? It certainly is historic. I mean, you, you talked about going back uh, quite a number of years. Ben Franklin was a Speaker of the House here in Pennsylvania, and that's a name people recognize. Joanna McClinton may not be a name that many recognize, but uh, she's making history as the first African-American woman to take the speakership here. But when you look at her politics, she's as progressive as they come, very vocal abortion supporter, very vocal on the LGBT issues and the transgender agenda. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to Albany, Jason. Governor Hochul's war on natural gas is real, and she is doubling down. It's alarming to many. Walk us through a little bit what her thoughts are here as far as this electrification effort in the Empire State and uh, just how real her fossil fuel free agenda is. Yeah, so the governor is committed to this you know, clean energy agenda, meaning we'll be shifting uh, largely to solar and the wind electric forms, things like that, and moving away from things like natural gas and fossil fuels. We're going to see that in practical ways in furnaces. Uh, new builds after 2030 will not have natural gas furnaces installed. Gas stoves will become more and more difficult to get, and you will not have new hookups for gas in many of these homes in just a few years, let alone the cars that were being moved to purchase that will be electric, no more gasoline cars after 2035. The cost of these things will be astronomical, Hmm. and I think there will be a backlash here in the Empire State. All right, big news in Harrisburg next week, Michael. Uh, A lot of folks are going to be watching Governor Shapiro for the first time. This is his big coming out speech, his budget address to the General Assembly. What do you expect he will say, and uh, what do you think his spending priorities will be? 
Well, a priority will be spending. <laughs> that's what, uh, that's what the, that's what they like to do. But what the news is talking about is expanding what they call the Keystone Communities Program. And that's spreading government wealth, especially in rural communities where there are disadvantaged communities, with government grants to nonprofits. They end up being very popular, at least with politicians, because it gives both Republicans and Democrats the ability to spread money around their district. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that oftentimes that money is not well spent, and it just raises the tax burden on the taxpayers. All right, look for that speech on Tuesday. There's a great debate, Jason. Some are calling this the biggest ruling since the Roe reversal. Judge in Texas is going to make a decision on abortifacients, certain abortion drug that uh, pro-lifers say is dangerous to women. Uh, New York Assemblywoman Amy Paulin is pushing uh, to expand these abortifacients. How dangerous are these do-it-yourself abortions? Yeah, you mentioned Assemblywoman Amy Paulin there. She's a Democrat from Scarsdale and is also the new Assembly Health Chair. Uh, she is very aggressive, and she's looking to move these kinds of proposals, as she is fully supportive of abortion in all its forms. This is a dangerous proposal. You will see these abortion pills and chemical abortion-type things moving because you can send things through the mail and move them into states that will be more pro-life, where perhaps surgical procedures will not be as easy to obtain. But think about just even the trauma of the moments that you are literally giving a pill to oftentimes a young woman, maybe a teenager, sending her home to take her own abortifacient and then to pass that child. Uh, That can be a very traumatic experience, let alone the medical complications that can come along with this. It is something that should be concerning not only to the pro-life community, but those of us concerned with women's health across the country. Yeah, I know, Michael, you're fighting that fight in Pennsylvania as well, but I want to switch gears a little bit, no pun intended. Uh, You're involved in this case, this uh, Christian postal worker out of Lancaster County by the name of Gerald Groff. The U.S. Supreme Court is going to take his case. Why should people be paying attention to this case? Well, our Independence Law Center initiated this case. What's key about this is providing accommodations for workers and their religious liberty in work situations. Mr. Groff came off the mission field and then took a job with the post office, partly because he did not want to work Sundays. He believed that that violated his religious convictions. The post office granted that, but later reneged on their accommodation for him, and he ended up losing that job. Mm. So this is really to create the opportunity for people who have religious convictions in work settings, whether it be a doctor who does not want to perform abortions or do transgender surgery or other things, when your religious convictions conflict with what your employer is telling you to do or requiring you to do, this is to give some leeway for those accommodations. Well, the Democrats on Long Island, Jason, called it an extinction-level event. Uh, They're talking about Governor Hochul's housing compact. This would allow the state to come in basically a state-sponsored land grab. They're worried that this could cost them their seats. Why are they so on edge over this? Well, you know, regarding Governor Hochul's housing proposal, uh, she is trying to force Hochul control instead of local control in, in those places. Governor Hochul would take the ability to override local control of planning priorities in various jurisdictions around the state. Democrats are concerned in Long Island because that electorate will take out their punishment on the incumbents, and that would be the Democrats in many of those seats. It's hard to picture, though, that we really do have a housing crisis when New York has lost 350,000 people. Um, I just don't see this as the crisis the governor is saying. I 
think rather they're economic drivers that are causing increased housing costs, not that you can't find property in New York. Yeah. Michael, Ben Shapiro, a name a lot of people know, he thinks the Democrats are hiding something when it comes to the health of Senator John Fetterman. He could be hospitalized for several more days, if not weeks. Do you think he is going to be able to serve out his six-year term? And why do Democrats prefer keeping him there in the Senate over Governor Shapiro appointing a replacement? Well, many of us had questions about whether John Fetterman was capable of serving a term before he was elected. And now what has happened since then and being hospitalized for this uh, significant depression certainly raises questions as to whether he can continue as a United States senator. Now, the reason why Democrats want him to hold on to that seat and to stay in for the full six-year term, even if he's incapable of actually doing it physically, is because if if he steps down and Governor Shapiro gets to name a uh, a replacement, that replacement is just temporary. The next general election would be the time when there would be a full-on election for who the next senator would be, and that could be a seat taken by Republicans, which would then potentially switch the balance of power in Washington. All right, guys, there was a startling story out this week on the U.S. marriage rate in this country. It has dropped 60% in the past 50 years. What can government do? What can lawmakers do to encourage marriage again in this country? You know, I think that the first thing we have to realize is expectations have changed. I think we have to get back to a culture that has an expectation for marriage. What can government do? There's simple things like eliminating marriage penalty taxes. Um, It can stop attacking the traditional family unit at every front. And we see that even the use of things like gender-neutral language or removing terms like mothers and fathers. I mean, just at every front, government seems to be at war with the traditional family rather than encouraging this divinely created institution that our society needs. And then we'll get the final word, Michael. What was your reaction to this story on the U.S. marriage rate dropping 60% since the year 1970? Well, a lot of the reason for that is uh, decreasing religious observance in this country. And uh, as government has sort of become hostile towards religion and things, that also has chipped away at marriage. So there are a number of things that government can do to try and restore the value of marriage in this country. All right, that'll have to be the last word this week. Great show, guys. Been a lot of places. If you have questions about any of the topics discussed on today's program, uh, both of our guests would love to hear from you. Um, Jason, how can folks get in touch with you at New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms? AlbanyUpdate.com. And in Pennsylvania, uh, they can contact you as well, Michael. How so? PAFamily.org.